Motorcycles and Misfits at the Recycle Garage. Tonight in the house, we have me, this is Eliza, we have Douglas. What's Prada? (laughs) (laughs) We have Adrian. More of a Gucci person, sorry. (laughs) We have Speedo. Or David. (laughs) Or David. Jake. What's up? We have Buck. Buck. First time of Buck. Bagel. Aloha. We got James. How's it going? We got Mason. Howdy. Megan. Hello. Lucas. What's Prada? I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like this is um. If you don't make boxer that. shorts, the like show you wouldn't know. Captain Kangaroo or something. And then we also have Knock. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What was that kindergartner little show where the she and I see in my mirror? She's name all that. Isn't that Captain Kangaroo? No, no. I guess I'm just Sherry really, Lewis. Really dating myself. Okay, so we've got so much to talk about, so we're just going to get right into it. You know when there's this this many people here, you know it's an exciting week. (laughs) Yeah. So we're just going to get to one of our new segments I'm calling Poppin' Cherries. We had uh, two cherries pop today. That would be the dirt cherry bagel. (laughs) Was that like the backdoor cherry? We had had a multiple (laughs) amount, at least three, man. Sitting Almost in this bowl room right now. Wait, you're forgetting two. about my brother who isn't here. I didn't forget about him. He's not here. Okay. Why I didn't mention him. <laughs> Mike got his dirt cherry pop. He's unmentionable. Uh, he cherry so, like. James and Buck, it was your first time on dirt. How did you do? Who wants to take it? It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. It was everything that I thought it would be. And then yeah. some... And more. And more. <laughs> and, of course, I had to go to the intermediate on the first day and kick my ass. You go, How many times awesome. did you crash? I think I dropped it three times. Nice. Yeah. Hey, dropping it and crashing are two different things. Okay. As someone who's broken off levers, I can say that dropping it is not Oh, okay, but I dropped it. <laughs> that would be the short-legged people who yeah, drop it. exactly. Yeah. It was bitching. I had a hell of a time. So, uh, Being a short person riding a dirt bike is a pretty interesting experience. Okay, I'm now officially throwing down the challenge for the next hour that Lucas doesn't say hella. Hello. Okay. Okay. They challenged me earlier, and I think I failed. So, <laughs> yeah. So you uh, failed. Uh, Sorry, what one were you more on? time making the end of the podcast. Yeah. So what? Hell. What bike did you ride? The two thirty. The CRF two thirty. Yeah, it's awesome. Was it natural to you at first, or it was did. it just like Because what do you normally <coughs> ride? Uh, Harley, chopped up Harley that's low to the ground with no suspension. We're talking like, have you, have, have any of you sat on the bike and bounced? Yes. It's like maybe it's one inch of travel with no springs in the seat. It's it's the wow. most gangster bike out in the lot right now, Thank actually. You. <laughs> What's I think up? I sat in it and sitting in it was enough. Liza was like, you should ride it. I was like, I like my butt. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, with some like custom Z bars that are about eight inches apart. <laughs> Lane splitter, baby. <laughs> it's got from like- LA. Crazy drag yeah. bars and shit. You know? So we should put hard ass on it just to put him up to his name. Yeah, dude. For, that's, real, for yeah. real. That's like, awesome. Hard ass challenge. Right See on. if he can handle it. You know. Right on. James, how about you? How was it? Were you were it was, you intimidated? Were you scared? Uh, not really. You kind can't of. Say yes. I, I, I went on a few rides with you, and I had to wait for you for like ten minutes at a 
at a time because you could okay. not get the bike started. Yeah, the bike kept dying. And Lucas, it turns out... We had to wait for you for 40 minutes to get your gear on, 20 minutes to get your boots. <laughs> I'm 20 minutes for boots. I'm, I'm Don't like, talking about wait forever, man. on anyone. I'll take the mic from yeah, Lucas. I, I, so I rode James two bikes. Talk. Uh, I rode the... Uh, high voltage orange the bike. XR280. 280, right. Yeah, that that was a lot of fun. And I also rode Megan's bike, which is a XR200, I believe. Yeah. And uh, I think I, I dumped the bike like three times. And all three, <laughs> all three were on the dirt track. Oh, right. Uh, the vintage track. track. The vintage track. Why did you dump it? Uh, first time I was trying to do a circle with uh, Douglas, who's teaching me how to kind of get my foot out and go in a circle. Um, then I'm guessing it didn't work. No, it didn't. Did you go in it a didn't square? <laughs> kind of. That was, that I kind of not even. Looking, fell I wouldn't even call that a drop. Yeah, it just kind of. Yeah, you gently laid it down. Yeah. Um, the second time I grabbed too much front brake in a turn. And the third time, I'm still not really sure what happened, but it was on the first turn, (laughs) and I just... The next time you do it and get out of it, you're going to be like, that's what I did that one day, passing quads left and right. You guys have heard of smart cars, right? Yeah. I'm convinced I have a smart bike. Somebody drops (laughs) it, and it will not start for them again. (laughs) <laughs> it's like you abused. If it was a smart bike, it, it, it would learned, be. It, it learned. Be, and then I got it started later. If it was a smart bike, it would be terribly fuel efficient and extremely dangerous. No, it is smart. <laughs> it's 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 gonna be a survivor. If if it doesn't like you, it will not start. Smart car is a shitty car. You have a nice bike. This, this seems to be a trend away. with your motorcycle. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm sorry. I'm gonna keep my hand on it from now. On. So did you get more confident? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, and what also helped me a lot was moving around on the bike, um, shifting my weight. It kind of helped my understanding of like what's going on in terms of cornering. So for the both of you, what was like an aha moment where you figured something out and it kind of clicked in a little better? Uh, for me, it was coming downhill because I was having a hard time on the intermediates going up because mm-hmm. of the steepness and the... Whoops. But it was coming down and I was behind... Was it Dan? Dan. David. And, oh, not me. And no, I was all, oh, whoa, whoa. And he was, and the thing is, I was coming down. I thought, woman, they said, let the bike do what it's going to do. And so I was just like, I let go and just let it go. And I would just like passed him and just was just like s- totally just like slamming down the hill. And I was like, if we're going, we're going. <laughs> and of course, you know what I mean? and Buck, you are on a bike too that doesn't like to downshift. So it's really hard to break in those hills. Totally. I've been, I've ridden that bike before, and it does not downshifting is a bitch right. on that bike. Hmm. So I went, went yeah. with the back brakes, and it was just like you know mm-hmm. what I like. Wait, you these guys bikes said. have back brakes. My brother, I was telling him about the garage, and he really wanted to go dirt riding, and I'm like, dude, I know hella people who can hook you up. Now you can't talk for the rest of the hour. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> I know. It's ingrained within my own you know, vernacular. But whatever. Wow. I uh, was talking to my brother. Instead of saying hello. I was talking to my brother. I said, I know lots of people who can hook you up. And, you know, he lives out in Arizona. So he told me that he's really interested in getting a dirt bike. Because if you live out in the middle of the desert, you can kind of just ride wherever you want. Right? So uh, I said, well, you know what? Now that you're here in California, I'll take you dirt riding. Right? And so uh, I got them hooked up with uh, the garage, and basically today 
I went out riding with him. Uh, we rode a couple times, and I remember about maybe five minutes into his first ride, he totally dumped it because totally, totally, totally man. Because he Toast was so used goats. to riding a sport bike, he was riding split finger, so he had his pinky uh, and yeah. his ring finger on the throttle, and his middle finger, his pointed finger on the brake, the front brake. And I was telling him, you can't use your front brake when you're riding unless you're really gentle. So he went around a turn and he got spooked, and he just pulled the front brake and he just went down like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> yeah, so that was his first. You can dirt sense bike the crash. brotherly love there. Yeah, yeah. he got he Thank got you, his you. crash cherry popped for that time. You know, sounds so. vaguely familiar. <laughs> yeah, I know I've been there, but um, it was pretty awesome riding with my brother, and he had a great time, and I'm really glad I was able to take him dirt riding. So. Don't get all soft on us, dude. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm soft yeah. on the inside. You guys think I'm a douche, but you don't even know me. Man. I think <laughs> I nobody understands me. Everybody's more to you that we don't know. Everybody did really. I think I prefer that. Everybody did really good today. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I liked riding fun. Dan's bike. His uh, DR650. DR it felt really. It felt. We he rode my XR. 280, and we both agree they felt very similar because they both have blown out suspension and soft seats. <laughs> <laughs> so we were very, they both were very intuitive. You were used to the anal so That's why your bike felt bad. It was blown suspension. It feels good to, uh, to me and him. <laughs> At least you had some like really grippy tires. You know, I was riding the pink pony and those shit is wore down. Um, like... Yeah, I actually bought the replacement tire last time we took it out and I haven't had a chance to put you it on You haven't put yet. it on yet? Nope. Awesome. I don't know if you noticed, but it was in the replacement tire was in the back of Adrian's truck yeah. all day yeah. today. <laughs> I figured, okay, it got so bad then we could, you know, it's like too little too late I was riding that thing and Liza wanted me to do the hill climb I'm like I can't do the hill climb my fucking like knobbies are like a half inch you know sticking out oh, by yeah, hill climb we mean twin hill. wait weren't you saying you can do it that whole day you're like I can do it bro you know what I can I, do it I felt really <laughs> defeated based on the fact that like the knobbies were so thin I didn't know if I would actually be able to grip going up a hill so oh it was the knobbies faults because you told me oh. that was, I made it because I'm a better rider than you <laughs> you know what? If I, you said yourself if I had done it one more time, I would have done it. Step one, blame the tires. Step two, blame the tires. Knock, knock. Step three, him, blame Liza. I took him up the hill. I took you up on. He had two epic, like thrown in the air. They crashes. were not epic. It they was, were not no, epic right. at all. One of them, you were yes, thrown were. over the handlebars. The other one, the bike shot out from you. I kind of just there was the like, air. I was like sitting in riding position, and then the next thing I knew, I was just kind of sitting on my ass on the ground. <laughs> the, bike, <laughs> I got, like, the bike shot out from under me, and I just kind of fell like a foot. <laughs> and I was just sitting there, and the bike was about five feet in front of me, and Wait, I'm like, there was a bike that was just yeah, here. <laughs> that hill is crazy. It's a good, it's a good hill. Yeah, you know what? If I tried, Liza said if I tried one more time, I would have done it, but I was so mentally fatigued. And after having like manhandled the bike twice because I failed twice, I just didn't feel like doing it yet. Well, the most exhausting part is getting your bike off of the hill. We all agreed it was exhausting. But um, Jake, you got to go out today. How'd that go for you? I did. I rode both the 230 and Megan's 200. I crashed a grand total of eight times. <laughs> Yay. Nice. The, record, the record today. Yeah, I was a little concerned when I uh, was sitting at camp and Jake came back riding two up on Charles with Charles on his KTM 525. I was like, right. uh-oh. I Uh-oh, now owe Megan a new pair of handles. Where's my bike? Where's my bike? And some grips, I think, too. Have no fear. Me and Billy got this, though. Jake learns the hard way. <laughs> 
No, <laughs> I, I like when um, when Lucas, when your brother went out on Megan's bike and came back and said, yeah, I think something happened to the carburetor because it started getting really loud. That wasn't his, his words were, I think you've got a carburetor or a fuel and air mixture problem on this bike. <laughs> and, and so, that, that was about five minutes before he told me, like, hey, I just realized the fucking exhaust canister fell off. Well, so both Megan and I said, did the exhaust fall off? And he's like, no. No, no, no. 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 I was like, are you sure? Did you so check? I walked over to the bike and I said, can you please show me where the exhaust is? And he looked down. He's like, holy shit. I said, now, do you remember where it was? And it suddenly got loud. Yeah. And can you go back there? Yeah. It's, and a, it's a fuel and air mixture problem, I swear. The thing about my brother is that he's really smart. He's actually a mechanical engineering student at ASU. So he thinks he knows everything. Couldn't mm-hmm. tell. <laughs> well, wow. like, the funny part is that like I know a lot more about bikes than he does. But he keeps telling me I'm wrong because like I'm not a mechanical engineering student. Well, I like that he came back not only with the exhaust, but with a side cover we weren't even aware and yeah. pulled it off either. <laughs> Those things fall Which off. I feel like I should add about Megan's... Eh. Oh, sorry, yeah, she's still go ahead. Um, I feel like I should add about Megan's bike. The seat is actually not attached to the bike. It was when I gave it to you. <laughs> yeah, there, It was not. It was attached it, it by was when glue. I gave it to you. There, was, there were no bolts. There's about three or four bolts that actually vibrated themselves out oh. of the bike, which is why the pipe fell off. Oh, okay. The bolt vibrated out. That's my we- why my weld bro- broke. Already. Mm. Yeah, so, um, so it was attached when I gave it to you. There's okay. this wonderful invention I hear called Loctite. It also doesn't have a work until uh, soon. Uh, so wait, your bite for $300. Bolts vibrate out. Are we sure this that. isn't a Harley? Hey, no over-talking here. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Harleys. That's got to be Lucas. <laughs> douche. Of course yeah. it is. <laughs> it's a douchey douche. comment. Wow. How about to the more experienced writers? I'm sorry for exposing Harleys for being the part-shedding machines they are. Okay, Shut the fuck up. So for Davey Douglas and Adrian, how are your how was your ride today? Um, my ride was really good actually. Um, it's, it was the first ride I've had since the crash that I had. No, right. no broken uh, helmets this time. Yeah, I, no broken good. helmets. Um, good. A nice brand new pink one, right? <laughs> um, I also picked up a neck brace. So it was the first time riding with my neck brace, oh, right. which was interesting experience. It's the Elite 5.5 one. You my neck brace? Uh, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Dude, you and look fucking baller in your neck brace. It does look, uh, like restrict a little bit for turning, for like looking down trails. So I can't quite turn as far left All and right. right as I wanted to. Mm. Um, but the sideways torsion is definitely stopped. So you know I can't twist my neck sideways back and forward feels good like the only complaint I have so far is that it feels like it's choking me a little bit mm. which is a minor adjustment they send you a whole bunch of little shins to get it fitting right and Sarah who has one as well was just like okay it's feeling like it's rising in the front you change the degree of the back plates which I changed it down and it did get better so it's gonna be it's gonna take get some getting used to because also getting it on with full gear is kind of weird right so I definitely needed help getting it on but I definitely felt more secure with it. And so for those of you like Buck and James and people who haven't been out much, having all this gear on and these big giant clunky boots and everything, did you feel, did you get used to it pretty quick? I got used to it very quickly. Um, I didn't mind it at all. I felt pretty comfortable. Uh, it was nice because when you do crash, 
you don't really feel it that much, yeah. Yeah, which it, is always a good thing. It sets you up for being in that bubble, that, that security bubble. Yeah. <laughs> Only lasts until you're done riding. How, what, how were your fatigue <laughs> levels uh, towards the day? Did you notice that you just rapidly dropped well, because they, of the They all outlasted you, Knock. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's awesome. You know, that's an interesting question because, like, I remember the first time I went dirt riding, I was white. Like, really white. I was I very tired very yeah. quickly. But today, it's like, since I already figured out how to corner, it felt far less fatiguing because I was just more natural on the bike so I exerted less energy trying yeah. to corner you're being more energy bike, efficient because you, know? you understand what's going on you're not exactly completely like I don't know what's going on all right. the muscles like, are tense I oh had my to God. learn the hard way the last time and now it's like I figured it out already and I just you know before I blew out my knees so bad it's like I would go up the stairs and fall down you know and now I, I feel fine because I just figured yeah, yeah. out how to do it already you know I got the hard part over with well, um, <laughs> I should take you out sometime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I wanted to say also yesterday we had the garage open on Saturday because we were all out dirt biking yeah. today. And a few people came over and Ooh. we had some fun. Well, no, 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 Davey and I didn't go yet. Okay. I was wondering if we we're going to cash that. Uh, right. <laughs> go ahead. No, Jump in. Ahead. Take the floor, Speedo. All right. Um, so today I was able to get my aunt's 04 CRF 250. And I'm used to riding two strokes because I've been riding since I was about 13. I was at that awkward stage where I'm growing and I was too big for a 125 four stroke and I was too small for a 250 four stroke. So I went up to a 125 two stroke. And I've been riding that um, ever since for about five years now. Well, my aunt has a CRF 250 and I blew out the shocks on my CR 125. So I called her and said hey you want to go riding this weekend she said i can't go awesome i'll take your bike then <laughs> sure enough i showed up uh loaded it up and brought it out there now this bike is awesome it has electric start so i don't even have to kick it um it has all the power that i need i can bog it out as low as i want and be able to climb a hill like nothing how much does it weigh um like 297 or something like yeah. that. Yeah, because I remember I was riding the pink pony. And Liza it's lighter than the pink pony. I totally yeah. biffed it on the hill climb. This guy's helping me push it. He's like, damn, that's a heavy bike. And I'm like, yeah. But it's there's pretty, 20 pounds it's pretty of heavy. <laughs> yeah. And it's got no power either. So. But uh, going, good thing landed on me. So don't tell me about pushing or going up the hill with that thing. So. Yeah, it is significantly lighter than um, the pink pony, which is a DR250. Yeah, DRZ250. Being able to make that jump, though, from the two-stroke to the four-stroke this weekend was awesome for me because I can go behind people that um, the newer riders, I was able to ride behind them and make sure that they were okay. You know, when we got up to a black diamond and they all said, no, oh, I don't want to do this, and they all <laughs> bailed out. Like, By yeah. Yeah. Mean, that's uh, one, one, one of my learnings. Someone else, I don't know who else was that. Wait, yeah. they, that's like, one of my learnings from this weekend. was to running a two-stroke, right? Yes. So how would you say that the power band is different compared to a four-stroke? Uh... Extremely? Night and day. <laughs> yeah. There is n the four stroke doesn't really have a power band, or, or at least today I couldn't find <laughs> no. a power band. I hit the it's all power band as opposed to a little teeny narrow strip. Yeah. Right. If I get on my two stroke and I'm able to fly up a hill, no problem. That's the only way I'll make it up the hill. Yeah. On the four stroke, if um, we were riding and Doug got stuck in a goalie, I was able to kick it into first gear and just bog up past him. Yeah. So um, having that power band difference was incredible because if you hit the power band too fast on an uphill on a two-stroke you're gonna do a backflip yeah Man. you're going 12 o'clock that shit you know yeah. it was funny because like i remember doing the hill climb and um 
the people who are hanging out watching me fail epically were like, you got to do that in first gear. And I'm like, first gear doesn't have enough power <laughs> to get up the hill, so I got to do it in second gear. You know, and I remember riding Doug's 125. He has an arm 125 two-stroke. And that thing has a crazy top end. And, like, the difference between two and four-stroke is that two-stroke seems to just, like, be... You know, the more you turn the throttle, the more power it has, right? Yeah, it's crazy. And I say on the four stroke, the more you turn works. the throttle, the more it feels completely anemic. Lucas, everyone's telling you to shut up, so shut up. So wait, 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 wait. Doug, you're riding a two stroke, right? Yeah. Okay, I want to hear about that. I want to hear about that too. Well, yeah, I, went, I went back and forth a couple times today between two and four strokes, and I just keep going back to the two stroke after I've learned how to manage the engine by you know not using engine braking going downhill. That was the hardest part to get over. Oh. Um, that and just keeping it almost wide fucking open and using the clutch to accelerate instead of the gas. <laughs> but yeah, I had a good ride today. Uh, I really pushed myself going with Adrian. Right yeah, that's David. one of my takeaways. Like, um, I learned I maybe shouldn't push people as much because the ride I was leading, I lost half of them because they said, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, I remember somebody came back. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was fine until we got to Pete's Pass. And Pete's Pass, I mean, it's totally doable. For me, just very slowly. Okay. Uh, and there was a couple times when I got stuck in ruts and stuff. And, and that's I, a black diamond It's one? a black yes. diamond, yeah. but it's very goady okay. and very uphill, downhill, uphill, downhill. And it lasts okay. forever. Yeah. So I had a hard time with that, and my arm was getting really sore from clutching all the time. Okay. And, uh, and I think it could have been a lot easier to manage on a, on a four-stroke. Okay. But, I mean, that's, you know, half the fun is... But most beginners start with four-stroke? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to add? No, now that you're winking the wagon wheel motion at me, like, wrap it up, B. You pretty much. That's because we got so much to cover today. I wanted to mention that yesterday in the garage we were working and we had a guest, Andrew, come down uh, from San Francisco. He was really cool. And he brought us sodas. I, I see the Quake yes. collection. The Mountain Dew is tempting me. It really is, unfortunately. Yeah. You'll yeah. be up Don't all night, Adrian. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yes. Don't do it. <laughs> do it. Wait, I need it. I need it. I need it. Facebook me at like 2 a.m. Be like, I can't sleep. You want a Mountain Dew? Totally. She needs a Mountain Dew. See if there's one in the fridge, if you don't mind. No, there isn't. And... Yeah, so we had fun hanging out with Andrew all day, and he also donated some extra gear. Thanks for coming down, Andrew. And yeah, cameras. Andrew, Thanks really for the cool. gear. Uh, looking forward to meeting you. I'm, yeah, didn't get a chance to meet you yesterday, but he has the prettiest eye. Really? The prettiest. Yeah. Anybody call dibs? Anybody call dibs? No, no, no I think you got dibs on this one. Right, well, I haven't seen him yet, so. Yeah. You better be dibs. cute. Oh, Speedo's got dibs. You're, you're done. Uh, <laughs> so, what I wanted to get to wow. next is another segment well first of all let's do oh. the craigslist porn pick, pick of the week pick of the week what you got what you got megan what you got for it's almost like we Stop rehearsed it. that so you first told <laughs> me to scary. look in austin texas i said los angeles but oh i heard austin austin texas mm. um i didn't find same anything amount there. of mexicans Ouch. I don't speak burrito. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Orale>. <laughs> Am I wrong? Oh, my God. Not at all. Which level do you want? Anyway. <laughs> but we call them Latinos. <laughs> I don't even. Cinco, I am almost cinco, cinco. to be a part of this podcast right now. Um, so I looked in Washington, D.C., and I found a 1984 Honda Magna Barn Find. Ooh. It's $475. Ooh. 
It mm-hmm. looks like it's in good shape, just aesthetically. Um, do, 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 needs battery. Uh, it needs a seal, clutch pushrod seal. I don't know. Uh, has been sitting for a year. Fuel tank is quite clean inside. Uh, blah blah blah. Uh, odometer reads twenty six thousand mile, miles clean. Title and it has the keys. Yeah. So hmm. I have the pictures. If you guys want to pass it around. Um, yeah, it looks for four seventy five. It looks like it's a really clean bike. But um, in barn find, yeah, might just you know, be if broken. If it's been the sitting about brandy wine red. That, like, remember when I was looking for a bike for my dad? I was trying to find something that was, uh, you know, both affordable and reliable. And I asked around, and I found out that the, there are Get plenty. The there are plenty of Thanks, old. Doc. There are plenty of old Magnus for sale. And I found out why. It's because that after a certain number of miles, they completely crap out on the engine. No way. So, yeah, yeah, way. You can go look on Craigslist. You can find a shitload of old Magnas, 1980s Magnas. And my dad's like, I want a Magna. I'm like, don't even fucking go there. Because apparently they have some sort of engine problem after a certain number of miles. Is he interested in a Shadow 500? (laughs) (laughs) He already got a bike. But, I mean, I found out that's why there are a shitload of cheap Magnas. So don't buy a cheap Magna, you know. Thank you for the Lucas Um, report. You're also, um, speaking of, like, (laughs) things that blow up in engines, if you're going for the Honda CRF 250X... Um, which I know several people in the group today had, etc. Mm-hmm. And you do see them on Craigslist for kind of cheap. Um, they have a known valve issue. Yes. That the valves um, wear out really quickly, so people will ride them, ride them, and just before they go fully out of adjustment, they'll sell them, and the next person has a $700 head job to do. So is the X the uh, race version or the R the race no, version? No, the R is a race the R version. Is a race okay. version. The X so, yeah. is cross-country, I guess. Yeah, yeah X is the yeah, cross-country. R for um, racing. <laughs> it's the green sticker. Very good. If you do happen to buy a CRF250, make sure that you ask if you they had the valve jobs done because that is a must. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many hours on on uh, like is that a 100 hour bike or yeah. something where it's yeah it's it, it's incredibly fast. I know that um when my aunt bought the CRF250, she had it for maybe a month and we were riding out of Hollister Hills and it finally just crapped out on her like nothing. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> is it only the 250 or is it every CRF that needs it? Um, it was mostly the CRF250X model line, or the, 200, the 250 model lines. So, speaking of looking on Craigslist for new bikes, Mason, have you started looking for a new bike? And why would, why you be would he for ever a new need bike? that? Uh, <laughs> this yeah, I, I, I kind of star- started, but. It's um, Crash Story! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last Monday, um, I crashed my KZ750. Well, yeah, I guess I crashed it. Give you $200 for it. Wait, how, wait, how was well, it not crashed? Well, yeah, I was trying to think if yeah, Did, it, it wasn't was really my fault at all. So. There was a collision. It was yes, a crash. A collision. So it was a crash. It, okay. Yeah, it was, it was a crash. A crash. So I was going uh, to Cycle Gear actually. To buy gear. San Jose, yeah, to buy gear. Boom. Um, I was over the hill on Highway 17, uh, right before the Idlewild 17 mm-hmm. intersection. Coming down the hill, going highway speed, right, um, and. I see a guy in the left turn lane in oncoming traffic turning on to Idlewild. He wants to turn. So he's signaling. He creeps out a little bit and stops. Right. He's making a left-hand turn to go right. the opposite way on 17. Just no, no, no. I thought it's not that guy. Said. No, there's two. Oh, okay, there's two, two left turners. There's two of them. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So the other guy is on Idlewild. Idlewild. And he wants to turn. Yeah, That's that guy. The second yeah. guy wants oh, to turn geez. across to go on the 17 South. 
So it's basically a trap. They were just basically. waiting for you. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, so I'm I'm coming down the hill. I see the guy creep out, and I'm and he stops. So I'm like, okay, all the traffic is stopped in this intersection. I'm good, right? No. Ooh. So I get up to the intersection, and then I see the guy on the right turning onto the 17, cut across a slow lane. So you're saying it's an intersection, but it's a, a highway. Well, it's a, it's a with, highway with a cross it's, with it's street a, going onto it. Yeah, there's we, no lights. We drove by it, um, and it's a section of 17 where the middle di- divider is but gone. Ba- so to you us, can it is move. a freeway. Yes. Yeah, right. It has roads feeding in. With and a left turn no lane. Stops. Yes. The only, right. Yeah. Right. So the guy cuts across the slow lane into the fast lane and stops because there's other traffic on the 17. I plow right into the back the back side of his van. Uh, Wait, it was a van? It was a van. A 1995 GMC Safari. How did you not hit the side of the van and the bike did and you kept Somehow I flew up over the top. You went over? I went over the van. Did you do a cartwheel? Have you seen that video? I, I didn't fully cartwheel. I, I flipped, but I didn't cartwheel. That was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I thought How you are you not broken? Turned, I thought the guy turned left in front of you. because He did. He did. Yeah, because like, I took a bunch of... I was recording with my GoPro, and I took a bunch of still images from it. And it was like you <laughs> plowed right in the left side of that dude. I did. Yeah, because so he pulled like, out straight in front of me. I T-boned him. Obviously a left turn, you know, but like they pulled you over to the side of the road, and I thought you were like dead because there were like five people. Did you see him pulling me to the road and stuff? I saw you, saw you the... were on the shoulder right next to the barrier, and there were like five people like standing looking at you. Right, right. So I thought you were <laughs> fucked up. Well, I didn't know at that point, so I figured an ambulance ride was a, a good thing to do. Yeah, if you get the option and you have the insurance yeah. or the withdrawal, always take the ambulance ride. So I wanted to point out something interesting, because for gear, you were wearing... I was wearing uh, dirt armor under my leather jacket, like now, we were talking about last week with Stan. That was the day before we recorded our last podcast with Stan, <laughs> who all of his gear had twisted around and exposed his knees and elbows because it wasn't tight to him. And mm-hmm. he said, I think from now on, I'm going to get that Under Armour gear to wear that's tight to your skin, and then you can have an outer shell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and I had that from the garage sale. So he had bought at the garage shell some of the Under Armour gear and had his just leather jacket. Nice. Not, and, a, not and a what did the, jacket. was it? Only jeans, too. What did the medics tell you, Mason? Uh, they were amazed that I was alive. Right on. What about they said, back? They said, if I didn't have that spine guard, I'd either have a broken back, I'd be paralyzed or dead. Oh, wow. So it was pretty real. Wow. And then James went out right away and bought one at Cycle Gear. Still looking good. <laughs> yeah. Though. I yeah, sold him on it. Yeah. Then, then I saw you the, later that day or something or the next day and you had like full on. Yeah. I, I went and bought some pants and exactly. some new gloves, new helmet. It makes me laugh that you're wearing pucks on your shadow. That's well, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You uh, could be yeah. Next time, I, take, take somebody with you. They would have stopped you from buying knee slider leather pants. To write a shot. You're fine, dude. You're fine. Just, You're take, fine. just take the pucks yeah. off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, or yeah, or of course, right. Or, or get a sport bike. Anything. So, uh, Actually, good news. What you can do is um, you can take them, take the, take the Velcro off, take an angle grinder, or um, <laughs> and then sell them on eBay. People will buy them. Like, like really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, several of um, the FMers um, would sell off their half-used knee pucks to mm, make nice. up track expenses. So, it, it, was, it was expensive to get back. Um, the, the tow company was like, you know, whether you take the bike or not, you're still going to have to pay the fee. So I took the bike. Uh, good news, it runs. Yeah. It started up first try. Yeah, what's the bad news? Bad news is I got to replace the forks, triple tree. Oh, I exploded oh. the front rim, which they said they had never seen. You need seen. a whole new front end. Yeah, whole, whole new front yeah. end. Yeah. Back end seems all right. Frame um, is straight. 
I went. We went with you up mm-hmm. to the tow yard. So how much did you end up paying in fees? Because they were kind of sketchy. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it was it was seven hundred seven hundred dollars uh, seven hundred twenty five dollars and fifty cents, and they couldn't break a hundred. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they had him. They. Uh, had Mason sign all this paperwork and well, it required a wit. Well, not all this paperwork. It required a witness and the witness statement. Because I was signed. taking my permit and my key out and from under the seat. Yeah, it was a little sketchy while we were up there. So I'm. I don't want to get was, into it. It was kind of sketchy. I, I figured just get out of it and now. But we. I want to talk sometime about because when you're in an accident, you you become a victim to these systems of like mm-hmm. having to pay all these fees. It's, yeah, out of uh, impound DMV. Salvage title eventually. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get hammered. Mm-hmm. So you're fine. No injuries. You had to replace a helmet. Well, I didn't have to. It, it was actually unscratched, but I figured better safe than sorry. So <laughs> I, fl- I flew all the way through the intersection. It's amazing. Which was so, <laughs> amazing. What kind of bike are you looking for? That's right. Um, well, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the KZ because the engine seems to be fine. So I might do something with that. But I want something more of the standard seating position or a little bit lean forward. Because I think if I was laid back like I, like I am on the shadow and I had hit the van, I would not be here. So it <laughs> leads me to ask this question. Uh, what did you learn from the crash and what could you have done to prevent it from happening? Well, um, I learned have insurance. That's important. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah. have insurance? Oh, and See. do you have a license? See. No. Uh, so yeah. I've been there. Sorry, don't, hey, don't judge. Nobody assholes. here can judge. <laughs> so um, I can. hopefully I won't hear too much well, from anybody about any of that from the le- legal system. <laughs> I know, but he's been riding a while. He's had time. To get I've had that. the per- yeah. I've had time to get the permit. I've insurance. I was, I was waiting on for and, the And Doug, for the I'm money. just gonna say this: we put people on bikes without insurance, but we don't put them on bikes on 17 without insurance. <laughs> That's so. So, Megan. So, um, so what, what can I have done to prevent it? Yeah. Um, gee, I don't know. Maybe if I had slowed up just a little bit more, saw it a little bit earlier. Yeah. But it, it was kind of tough because if I had gone left more and the guy kept going, I would have hit him square in the center. Mm. If I had gone right and he had stopped, I would have hit the front of his van and then go in the middle and that's where I went would, so. would you say like looking a little bit further ahead when and noticing that things were starting to s- stop yeah because I what saw that I saw the guy creeping and I was like wait a second but that's what distracted me from the guy on the right I think right so yeah, yeah I, I could have definitely been more move. aware I right. think you could always be more aware oh, yeah, totally. right. but um how about if you had been on a bike that has better braking that mm. isn't as heavy yeah, maybe if it maybe if it was lighter, but I don't know. If I had stopped more, I might not have flown up over it. What if you, had you know, a bike if I was going slower? Fly. So I don't know. It's tough <laughs> to say. That would have been different. Or Z <laughs> gear. Or if you had a bike that could phase through things. <laughs> yeah, teleporting bike. Scotty, beam me up. If you had had a headlight modulator, I think that would have helped. I think that would have done it. Yeah. Because yeah. the guy, he was he was in his seventies. Very thick glasses, oh. you know. So I think the modulator would have helped. I'm, I want to get one on my. I can't bike. stand those things. Um, Sorry, I realize but are they, they are they California legal? Else, they but are I can't as stand long, them. Headlight modulators are legal as long as it's during the daytime. They are not right. allowed to be used yes. during night. But all headlight modulators have a sensor on them, so it senses when it's starting to get dark, and it automatically turns off. Right. Um, I still don't like them. Okay. A lot of the accidents that people have had recently: a donut, you. 
maybe Mike. There's a lot of people. If they had a headlight modulator, I think it would have gotten the attention of people. Mm-hmm. They were all left turners, though, weren't they? Like, well, you know, that's you, the number because one thing. Because they don't yeah. see you coming. Yeah. They just don't see you. I'm, I mean, I'm thinking of getting a headlight modulator. Then, it seems like... Well, another, so, another alternative also that I've, I prefer is an HID headlight, which is yeah. much brighter, which annoys people as well, but it's a good thing because if it annoys them, they're paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mind the thing. It's just yeah. the flashy thing. But it's just, yeah, but it's, it's, a different, it's a different hue and, and, and it, it, it grabs people's attention. Bagel, when I'm on the freeway, like during the day, I always turn my brights on oh, yeah. when I'm splitting. And yep. I notice people notice me oh, yeah, more. I can definitely. see them creeping to the left side or creeping to the right side to give me room. And yep. it's... It's a good thing you should do if you're always splitting on the Definitely. freeway during the daytime. Or just in general when you're yeah. riding during the day. It's a good idea. I thought everybody did that. Is, is that they're technically mm. illegal. So, you know, you always yeah. run the risk of getting a ticket. Well, so is riding without a license or insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't agree. If they're not OEM, um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're cut off or kind of, it's kind of weird. But the, the beam projects itself and it, you're just blinding. Yeah, and it, it depends on the kit, too. Yeah, it depends on the kit. And you get but, like a shitty eBay kit for like know. 30 bucks. But, you know, how well is that going to work? Right? Yeah. But if it's and if it's then my safer. other question was how fast do you think you are going at impact? Um, well, I don't know. Jeez, I, I don't know if I want to say exact numbers yet because oh. I haven't heard from the insurance company and everything yeah. from the other guy. Don't go on the record. So Hold some numbers on your fingers. Okay. okay. And then I hit the brakes. No, so. I, I hit the brakes maybe 15 feet before I hit him. So. Okay. Mm. Maybe, yeah. I would say that's pretty average speed for yeah. us on that road. road. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't going faster than the traffic. I was it's going with the flow. It's faster than the speed limit, but it's pretty average for a motorcycle. So I would right. say you're being reckless. Yeah. What, what did he say? Yeah. 85? <laughs> well, no, he was saying at impact. I heard 95. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a yeah, buck 15. Right. <laughs> but, and then uh, insurance status? Don't know yet? Don't know. Okay, he'll have to keep us updated. I hope I don't hear anything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I hope you. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has experience with this. I've heard. I think knocked us. Rumors that possibly you if you. Does. Well, okay, There's like a grace on. period. You, I, I on, heard. Hold on. You have a permit. Right. So you were riding legally. Mm-hmm. You don't have a license. You have a permit. You're good. No. No. He was it's on, on a freeway. Uh, but but no, that was a that was a highway. It's a highway. Highway. Because there was a road. No. No. no, no it's it's not, it's not all highways are freeways. It's not even highway or freeway. All freeways are highways. It's that not legal to be on 17 with a permit. Okay. No, that's section. No, it's not legal. That section of 17. It's just Santa Cruz Highway. Santa Cruz Freeway. That is debatable. Having no insurance, though, does that make you liable in an accident? I don't think so, does it? It's California. So if, if, it's, if it's someone else's fault, it doesn't matter if you're insured or not, their insurance should cover? It, it, I think it will depend on whether the other person's insurance finds you at partially at fault. Mm-hmm. If they do find you partially at fault, then you are financially liable for and that, that portion. something as easily as speeding. Well, partially it, at fault. It all they depends. Could, it, and in my experience... If you are driving or riding without insurance, you are automatically at fault because it is illegal for you to be on that vehicle at Mm -hmm. no matter what. That is my experience because I've known a couple people who've been in accidents Hmm. in this situation. Yeah. That's all I know. Mason, did you get a police report taken when you They They did. They did. I got the first page of it. I'm waiting. They said like 10 days before it's out. Right. Because you really so. need to read that very carefully because what's yes. in the police report could be your saving grace or it could sink you. you know? mm-hmm. So you got to yeah. be very careful. That is the official report of what happened. So yeah. you'll so. keep us up to date with how that's going. Yeah. I hope yeah. That of course. Works out for you. I hope so too. So. <laughs> 
So basically uninjured as well. That's awesome. Walked That's awesome. Sec- so second fantastic. day or a second hour, two hours later, walked out of the trauma center of the hospital. So, uh, <laughs> so glad <laughs> cool. for you. <laughs> Young and bouncy. As I, I heard saying. you were riding less than 20 hours later. Yeah, that's yeah. Some, some biker that's shit. That was right that there. was. It was actually yeah. four four hours later. Yeah, that's some biker shit. That's very cool. <laughs> I saw him riding the very next day on his other bike. Nice. <laughs> I'm, well, yeah. I'm I'm glad you're okay. Yep. Um. So, Bagel is here. Bagel, yes. we haven't seen you in a while. Yes, it's been a while. Welcome back. Man. Yep, I am so, back. So, um, not everyone here knows. Bagel, maybe, because he's been gone, but you're about to regale us with an amazing story, aren't yep. you? Uh, somewhat, yeah. So bring, let's recap. Where have okay. you been? Well, um, I rode my Vespa GTS 250 from here in Santa Cruz up to Hyder, Alaska for the Scooter Cannonball Run. And from there, we rode to New Orleans. Awesome. And, uh, and that, was, that was the cannonball run from Alaska to New Orleans. And then in New Orleans, we had the Amera Vespa Scooter Rally, which is the big national scooter rally in, in uh, North America. And uh, <clears throat> so I started off my journey um, here at like 5.30 in the morning and did an iron butt up to Vancouver. Right on. And it was, I think, a total of 1,022 miles that I rode in 20 and a half hours. So for, does everyone here know what an iron butt is? Yeah. yeah this is, the minimum is to do 1,000 miles in 24 hours. Yep. It's intense. And, uh, yeah. Dream it was, and achieve. It was, a, it was a long ride and I had headwinds the whole way, which uh. was, and then these were like pretty serious headwinds too, like slowing me down by 10 to 15 miles excited. an hour. I I thought you said Hedwig the whole way. No, no. Oh, that would have been rocky. <laughs> yeah, but then he'd no, not, not, inch, that, not that exciting. An inch. <laughs> but Six inches forward and five, how, five inches, inches back. back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However, the, the headwinds did save my ass on the, on the iron butt because one of the, the uh, I guess, the requirements that I didn't realize was that you have to stop for gas no more than 300 miles apart during right. the trip. And with my, uh, my spare tank, I normally can ride 325 to 350 miles. Wow. But with the headwinds, I was sucking down gas like there was no tomorrow. So I had to stop you know, after 275, 280 miles. And uh, so I, I did, it kept my gas stops where they needed to be. And it uh, just took, uh, took a lot longer to get there. Um, stopped for lunch and dinner, uh, met up with a friend in Portland and had a good time. And, and uh, it was uh, pretty good weather most of the way, except uh, once I got up to uh, northern uh, Oregon and Washington, started getting some rain. And it just kind of dumped on me from about you know Seattle on up to Vancouver. Did you have rain gear? Yes, I did. Okay. had rain gear, kept me warm and dry. It was just, you know, annoying riding through traffic in the rain, especially around Seattle. You um, can't split either. Can no, you, you cannot lane split outside <laughs> California, <laughs> sadly. Um, then I got detained at the border because apparently uh, a guy wearing a banana suit riding a moped in the rain in the middle of the night is suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> For mental okay, sanity, so they had yes. Yes. You posted on your Facebook page you're riding a banana suit. I just wanted to clarify. Yes, a big yellow rain suit. Okay. <laughs> I call it the banana suit. I'm picturing like the Chiquita I'm, banana yeah. thing. I'm like, what the too. hell is he doing in a costume? Is this some sort of scooter cosplay thing? No, no. I think I saw a Facebook status about that and I was like, yep. how did he fit a helmet? <laughs> it's a very pointy helmet. <laughs> no, but um, but yeah. So they, they had me come in and like question me and stuff. Actually, they told me to to park like off to the side, and I figured they would come out and talk to me there. I'm like, okay, I'm sitting there waiting around and not seeing anybody. I'm like, 
we can get on with it any day now, you know. And sitting, I figured, well, I might as well update fo- Facebook. That's when I went, <laughs> made my post. And then this guy like storms out from the building. He's like, "You get inside now! We've been waiting for you for ten minutes." And he's like all pissed at me because I'm like using my cell phone while I'm at the border, you know, waiting to be. You know, inspected or whatever, and he's like, "We don't know if you're calling terrorists or you know the, the drug, the drug, uh, the, the drug mules or whatever." I'm like, "Dude, I was just bored." Has I was there <laughs> ever been a ginger terrorist on American? Not, not know? that he's I know part of. Part of a terrorist um, scooter cell, right? <laughs> but uh, so like suicide scooter bombers. <laughs> so I, I explained to him the story and 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 you know told him what I was doing, and he kind of. Took, you know, stepped down off his high horse and was okay and let me pass. And so I rode the last, I don't know, 35 miles to Vancouver in the rain, in the cold, mm-hmm. just tired as hell. And that made it there and um, kind of rested in Vancouver for a day. Then was supposed to ride up with another scooterist uh, who was going to do the cannonball from Vancouver up to Alaska. But unfortunately, his bike holed the piston about five miles outside of town. Oh. And he had had so many problems yeah. getting the bike ready and, mm-hmm. and that he just, he just said, you know what, if it's going to do this right now, I'm just going to throw in the towel and just you know, forget about it. So it was, yeah, it was a P200. And uh, so I was hoping, you know, I was hoping to ride up there with him, but, uh, you know, but he decided to just pack it in and, and shoot for shoot for the next cannonball. So I, I rode up solo the rest of the way. Had a beautiful trip up. Um, there was some amazing uh, mountain scenery going up mm. through British Columbia. And for the closer I got to Alaska, the mountains got bigger and even saw glaciers uh, along just, the way. It's just now kind of dawning on me how far that is. Yeah, yeah. it was almost 2,000 miles all the way up to Hyder from here. Wow. And... Um, and that was just to start the. Adventure. That was just to start the cannonball, <laughs> so, um, so we, we hung out in. Uh, we actually stayed in Stewart, which is the little town in British Columbia on the other side of the border, because there's really not a lot in Hyder. Um, but I did get Hyderized. If anybody is familiar with that, it's like some <laughs> heard that term before. Yeah, this yep. is a shot of grain alcohol, and they have this whole thing where you have to like down the whole thing, and they give you a little card, and you know, it's a tourist thing. But cool. they do something like that at Husong's Cantina. In no one, okay. Yep. Sonata, you have to put your bike on a ferry at any point. No, no I okay. rode, rode all the way up there. Okay. Yep. And um, and and uh, this Hyder is basically the the southernmost city in Alaska. It's at the very southern tip of the Panhandle, um, kind of by an inlet to the Pacific Ocean. Did they harass and, you at customs again? Oh no, no. There actually is. There was no. Uh, there's you no on border. The out for a ginger, you know, <laughs> yeah, riding right. a scooter in a banana suit. <laughs> but there's. It's interesting because there, there's no border guard at the the border going from uh, British Columbia in, into Alaska at Hyder. You just ride right through. There's Because Hyder is not... Hyder is terrorists. Well, but, but the thing is that Hyder, <laughs> Hyder, Hyder has no other roads that connect it to the rest of Alaska. So the only only other road out of Hyder goes up to Salmon Glacier in British Columbia, which I actually rode up and uh, got through like 17 miles before it was... You know, we couldn't go any further because it was snowed in. Mm. Like three of us rode up there and uh, it was pretty sketchy up to that point we i ended up like dropping my bike because the fr- front tire slid out on the snow but Wait, uh I but you can't crash a scooter do you, you not no um, you can't you just can't get this? hurt you can't oh, get hurt it just fell over it. it wasn't a crash yeah, you can't really that's why you don't need to wear gear <laughs> you can't get hurt it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was on the snow so no damage or anything but it's an amazing view of, of salmon glacier up there um so but uh but when you come back and go back into british columbia there is a border guard on the canadian side so you got to go show your passport and, and all that and uh, they got used to us after a couple of days of people going back and forth and from one side to the other. 
So then from there, we uh, everyone who made it actually made it to the start left for the scooter cannonball run. Uh, we had had about I think it was, during when we did the podcast I think there were 41 people who were registered. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it actually came time to start, there were 28 who actually wow. were there. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, a lot of people just couldn't even make it to the start, and um, so we we headed out from uh, from Hyder and rode across uh, British Columbia, and uh, had just some amazing, beautiful mountain scenery along the way um yeah, british columbia is 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 just absolutely gorgeous um and uh so we uh you know we passed through british columbia went through uh banff national park mm-hmm. and into jasper in alberta wow. uh which is just breathtaking although damn it was cold mm-hmm. uh we got we got rain coming up through the passes uh going through jasper and uh, and it literally got down to freezing as we were going through the passes. Uh, were you prepared yeah. for that? Uh, well, as prepared as I was going to be. I mean, I had to re- had my rain suit and had some layers, and that was about it. And kept me warm enough to you know not you know <laughs> get frostbite. Right. But oh, yeah, you still have your, your nose suit and your fingers like held up, and you were actually you didn't get wet crotch or all that. You no. got a good suit and was working good. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty pretty decent suit. It's the Elite Tourmaster Two, I think. Nice. And the trick I found out is uh, when you sit down, like when you stand up, you know the front's flat, but when you sit down, it kind of like makes this big bulge yeah. in like the crotch area. So I figured out what you need to do is you need to pull up like the pants part mm-hmm. and flop the the t- your belly part down over top of it so it's got like a big rain suit gut hanging out mm-hmm. and what that does is it lets the rain run down the front of the the the, the rain suit it's, I think that's without, called a shingle effect yeah, yeah exactly without pooling in the crotch mm-hmm. yeah, like and a little little your gloves makes a, uh, instead of yeah. under him wonderful yep. product called the crotch gutters but but yeah it worked like a charm so really? I was very happy right about on. that yeah because there's nothing worse than cold like weather and your suit failing you yep and you feel that cold like kind of creep in slowly, yeah it's that first like, oh. little that drop icy, that gets through yeah and you I, just know it's like an icy drop and you're like it's just downhill from here yeah, yeah it's this just is running really down like the inside of your stuff. thigh and it's just like Ugh. <laughs> but you need a bubble a bubble yes we have a bubble it's a one-piece suit oh yeah it's not a bubble anymore there's a hole in it uh-oh <laughs> somebody pop your bubble <laughs> so so we uh so we, we continued riding through Canada down into Montana, where we crossed the uh, the border back into the states. And unfortunately, later that day, on the day four of the Cannonball, my bike ate a valve. And yeah. I'd noticed. Well, I, before before I back up a little bit, I'd, I'd noticed that it was making a lot of valve noise uh, after I'd gotten to Alaska. So I, on the first day or so on the Cannonball, I I, I just decide what the hell I'm going to do a valve adjustment and uh, found that one of the exhaust valves it's a four valve head so one of the exhaust valves was so you had three more yeah right which <laughs> would be nice but uh, the one of the exhaust valves was way out of adjustment by about a tenth of a millimeter so instead of being 0.15 it was 0.25 and that kind of made me nervous because it shouldn't be out anywhere near that much and uh so I tightened it up and checked the others, and the others were pretty much where they needed to be. Uh, and it wasn't as loud, but it still made a bunch of noise afterwards. So that wasn't a good sign. So two days later, then 
it started. I noticed it was starting starting to lose power. It felt like I was riding into a headwind, but there was no wind, and I was having a really hard time getting it up to top speed. Um, and then halfway through the day, all of a sudden, it was just I was riding along. All of a sudden, just bleh, and it died. Just coasted to the side, and. Um, tried to you know, hit the starters to see what would happen and I could tell the engine was just turning without any compression and I was just like man I'm done so it was a, it was a burnt valve uh, I think it, I think it, the valve actually broke Oh wow! So you yeah. had like a piece of valve stem in there, just bouncing around in the cylinder. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't. I never. I didn't actually pull the the head off to see exactly what the damage was. I didn't want to do that on the road. Yeah. But I when I when I was checking it out that night, I tried turning the the crank by hand, and it would only go about 180 degrees in either direction. So Yikes. there was something in there. Yeah. So I, I, it was done at that point, and I was out of the cannonball. So, uh, but there was another guy on that that day who laid his bike down and banged himself up a little bit, but not too bad, but he didn't feel up for riding the next two days. So I rode his bike the oh. next two days. Cause I, what, you know, what kind was it? Uh, same, same kind, GTS 250 Vespa. Um, but I was just, you know, I didn't, I would, I would prefer to ride rather than sit in the support truck. Yeah. And there's some amazing scenery that we had, you know, going through Montana. So I didn't want to miss it. And, uh, and Wyoming. So, um, and then going in, into Colorado, but then going into Colorado, we had another repeat of what we had in Jasper. Starting, we started with the rain, oh. and it got colder and colder, and it was literally down to freezing as you're going over the pass with, in like, snowflakes June? coming down. Yeah. It, well, Colorado, Colorado weather is really high there. up there. Highly yeah. unpredictable. Yeah. It, they're known for having rain showers. Yeah, and we went over Rabbit Ear Pass, which I think was something like 9,000-plus feet. Um, so it was, it was super, super chilly up there. And to make it even worse... I had meant to grab my rain gear that morning off the support truck, oh, no. but when I went out, the support truck had already left, oh, and I was just like, oh, crap. Well, the forecast said it's not supposed to rain until after 5, so I'm probably good. <laughs> I was not good. Um, it just it started raining about 2 or 3 in the afternoon yep. and just kept coming down. Um, luckily, my gear actually kept me pretty dry, but um, but the uh, the cold just went right through and i was i was shivering when i got into dillon colorado um and i was just cursing in my helmet the whole way over the pass fuck this shit i'm so done with this god damn it i'm sick of this shit weather god damn it. did your so, anger keep you warm though um slightly not enough but slightly <laughs> so you lucked out because you were you were cold but you were dry yes if you're cold and you were wet oh that would have been like, far start, worse yeah you start yeah. getting hyperthermic territory right. start losing motor control and yep that would have been seriously dangerous but uh but have i would luckily was just Colorado before oh yeah i've been yeah, through colorado it's, it can get it can change very fast oh yeah up there i remember that when i was there and yep it can go from like a sunny beautiful afternoon and then the thunder clouds absolutely and that's exactly and what you happened can, like, see the rain coming at yep. you yep it yep i saw it fast. up ahead yeah and i was just like man and it was it was moving in the direction that i was so i saw the road get wet first and i saw the rain up ahead so i stopped for lunch in the hopes that it would keep moving on and i wouldn't hit it but no such luck 
and I just got got soaked. And uh, but then the the guy whose bike I was borrowing uh, was ready to ride the day after that, so he took his bike back. And so and, then did you push and, someone else over? No, no. <laughs> I was I was more than happy to ride on the truck after that day. So so coming and because actually the next morning when we went over the pass by, by Breckenridge, which is like eleven five. Um, it was below freezing when we went over there the next the next morning, yeah. and there was ice they on the really roads. Plan this thing in the summer when it's warm. Well, yeah, <laughs> oh, <wait>. <laughs> but uh, but everybody made it through unscathed, thankfully. Uh, and I was very happy to sit in the truck and watch the pretty scenery go by. So, how many people had to be carted in the truck? Uh, there were various people at various times who had problems. There were a couple of bikes that had some transmission issues uh, who had to ride in the truck for, for the rest of the day one day, and then they got it sorted out that night. Um, there was one other guy who was riding a 50cc um, what? Who yes, who didn't didn't make it through the first day with with transmission problems. Fifty cc what? Uh, Aprilia Scarabeo. Okay, Aww. and he. Um, he had ordered parts and was having them shipped to Helena, Montana. But Does he, what, did he ride in the bike lane the whole way? No, no, he was riding on the on the highway. And those those, those Scar- Scarabeo fifties will actually do about fifty miles an hour all out. So they're Man. they're not bad for a fifty. I'll put it that way. Um, but but his but his transmission parts didn't weren't there when he showed up in Helena, and he just said, "Screw it, I'm going to drive back home to South Dakota." And Aww. so he just took off. But. Um, but yeah, he was he was the only person that I beat in the cannonball points wise, <laughs> because because he had no points because he you know just his bike crapped out on the first you day. You came in dead last. I was second to last. Yeah, out of everybody who started. He, so he was dead last. He was dead last. 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 I was second to last. Aww. How many people? Well, at least I'm not cannonball. last. I think he said twenty one. So so anyway, um, oh. so to continue the the journey, um, the uh, from Colorado we went through. Uh, uh, can- or o- or Kansas and Oklahoma and uh, I rode on the truck those days which it was actually kind of the best part of the trip to be in the truck because there were a lot of headwinds going through Oklahoma and uh, in southern Colorado and the scenery wasn't really that spectacular to put it mildly uh, it's flat. midwest yeah flat yeah flat. Flat. flat were there cornfields there were there were more wheat fields i think and lots of cows yeah you know and pigs and stuff um but but then i a friend of mine in austin because I, I have a i have a bike that i keep in austin too because i was traveling there for work until the travel budget got canceled and uh a friend of mine who has been uh kind of storing the bike for me uh he said hey can i help out in any way can i bring you your your gtv to so that you can ride it and i was like wow yes that would be awesome if you could do that i didn't How even think about that bike in another so, state. so I he do that. yeah he drove it up like six hours up and dropped it off to me and i bought him dinner and paid him for gas money and everything and uh so i had my my other bike to ride the rest of the way from oklahoma so i rode uh actually rode a different route than the cannonball because i wasn't competing anymore anyway mm-hmm. i rode the talamina scenic uh scenic byway which is this beautiful curvy mountain road that goes along the mountain ridge between Oklahoma and Arkansas in the southeast corner of Oklahoma and I'd ridden part of it before but this time I wanted to ride the whole thing and had a had a blast doing that and um, then the last day uh, from Arkansas down to New Orleans we all uh, 
we all rode the first three segments, you know, kind of on our own, then met up at the Abita Springs Brewery, which is known mm-hmm. for Purple Haze beer and other really good beers. Uh, hung out there for a while, and then all of the uh, the people from the long ride from Amara Vespa in New Orleans rode up to meet us there, and then we all rode back on just one big parade over the Lake Pontchartrain Causeway oh, nice. into New Orleans, right. and that was the the end of the Cannonball. So, how did you get home, and what happened to your bike? So, uh, my bike is, as we speak, being transported back on the the, the support truck, uh, oh. sitting in the trailer, and uh, it should be here next uh, on Wednesday, and then uh, I'll get to tear into it and see what mm-hmm. the damage is. And I've got a spare engine, so I'll probably just swap that out and get it get it running again, and then tinker with the old engine and figure out what it needs and. So how. you rode your other bike back here. No, I, I flew back. You um, left it there. I well, I I took well my the bike that I, that uh, from Austin. Uh, so this is another convoluted story. <laughs> so one of the guys on the Cannonball had this this cheap trailer that he was just going to dump in New Orleans, and so I said, "Hey, you know, if you're just going to dump that trailer, could I take it and have somebody bring my bike back to Austin?" He said, "Sure," and and one of the other guys was in fact going back through Austin to get back to Southern California, so he agreed to take the trailer and my bike and dropped it off at my friend's house. So now my my Austin bike is back in Austin, and my Cannonball bike is on its way back to California. You lucked out, it didn't you? Worked out awesome, and. So it was uh, it it was as 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 you know unfortunate it was that my bike broke down, it all worked out well and I still had a blast. So so you're planning for next year already? Well, I'm not sure yet. It's actually for two years, but it's going to depend on the route. And I've I've now ridden in all 50 states too. Now that I've hit Alaska, congratulations! Uh, ridden scooters. Yeah. Congratulations! Yeah, yep. that's cool. And um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I want to do some European tours, which I haven't been able to do because of the amount of time and money that it takes to devote to the Cannonball. So I might. We'll, we'll see. So all in all, how many miles? All in all, I think it was Around. somewhere about Completed or, on the or on my cannonball on my cannonball bike. It was about thirteen hundred and some miles that I did. Um, then it was probably another seven or eight hundred miles that I did uh, on my other bike, mm-hmm. plus another seven hundred on the borrowed bike. So so it was that's it, like what twenty seven hundred. Uh, well, it was more than that. It was, more, it was well, yeah. 30, it was 30, oh, 30, 30, 33 oh, plus. My math sucks. So it was oh, probably were, about 4,700 miles that I rode oh. in all. Oh. Nice. Yeah. I sat, I sat out two and a half days, basically, of the Cannonball, which would have been 5,500 miles, I think. Well, I want to get uh, you and your friends to come back in, and we'll yes. do another bonus scooter cast yep. Cannonball edition recap. Yep. We'd love to do that. Where all you can do is talk about scooters, and I'll sit over in the corner and try not to <laughs> fade kill away. you all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're in, you're intrigued. We can tell you're intrigued. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I just I just want you to know, I've been making an effort to wave at scooters. By effort, I mean I waved at one. They didn't wave back, so I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the most it. humiliating thing ever. I don't think scooter riders are accustomed to it. You wave at them, and they're like, "What are they doing?" Well, let me let me, let me give you, I'll give you I'll give you a point. I'll if, do it, if but they're just they get confused. I'll tell you, you what: if, if they're wearing flip, if they're wearing flip flops, you don't need to wave to them. Deal. How about that? Deal. <laughs> There's some motorcycle riders that would come around here then that Our we very should own flip flop. <laughs> flip flop, for instance. Lies is rolling your eyes. Yeah. Well, it looks like we made it through an hour. I know everyone's kind of fading because we're all tired. We've been out having a long day of fun. and Well, you didn't, Bagel. But no, but I did ride dirt on the cannonball. We will hear yeah. about that on the yes, Scooter Cast. We'll tell more about that. 
So I wanted to thank everyone for coming and doing the podcast and telling our stories and everyone for listening. Um, I still just have so much fun getting emails from people and yeah, if you ask for pictures of me, I'll send you some. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to call me a douchebag. We're not. Okay, and by pictures bag. of me, I mean pictures of Douglas in a skirt. <laughs> can, can I get some pictures of that douchebag guy? <laughs> so, and if you want to get hold of us, you can go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. We have all the links there. But Megan will tell you how to contact us also. Okay. Facebook, Recycle Santa Cruz, Recycle Motorcycle Garage at gmail.com. Our YouTube page is Recycle Santa Cruz, www.motorcyclesandmisfits.com. And I think that's it. Uh, rate us oh. on iTunes. Oh, I just, I said yeah. that already. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and then, yeah, like us on iTunes and give us a review yeah, like on us iTunes. on Facebook. Rate us on iTunes. Whatever. Oh, give us a review on iTunes and we will read it and laugh at them because actually, I've done that. But actually, if you want to see what we're up to on a you know weekly basis we're always throwing more pics and and posts up on our facebook page that's the best way to kind of follow oh along. should we say too if you want to if you're in santa cruz area come by yeah. next sunday we will be at the bikes on the bay at the capitola mall there is a bike show there yeah um come by we will have a booth and we will have bikes and we will have we have stuff we should have stuff for sale Yep. Um, yep. say hi uh sit on some bikes and have fun i will make cookies and sell them Call me a douchebag. Oh. <laughs> Buy a t-shirt, damn it. <laughs> Thank you. So I think that's it. Um, I think we are ready to go out. This is Liza. Doug. Adrian. David. Jake. Buck. Bagel. James. <laughs> Mason. Megan. Douchebag. This is Knock. <laughs> and we out. Cool, cool. Ooh. Yay.